Very good. Turn, if you would, tonight to the book of Matthew. probably doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway. I am thankful that over the years it has just become an understood reality that the Super Bowl doesn't change anything around here. You know, years ago, years ago, not not knowing if it needed to be said or not, there, there was this effort to remind everyone that we're going to be in the house of God. It never even entered my mind to tell you all tonight we were having church. So uh, it's just an encouragement to me that we don't have to go over that. So anyways... Maybe you're not excited about it, but it's a blessing to me, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started. Father, it is good to be here tonight, and Lord, uh, this is your day, has been, and uh, needs to continue to be your day, and Lord, it's good to be in your house, and I pray that you would bless this time that we have in your word. God, I pray that our minds would be focused on what is before us. Lord, whatever is awaiting us tomorrow with the work week, whatever we have uh, looking at us uh, first thing in the morning, I pray that we'd not think about that right now, that we could just give attention to your word and uh, what is needed tonight. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. This evening we're going to be in Matthew chapter 10. And as you find your place there, I'd like to talk about something that all of us would have to admit that all of us would have to say amen to, and that is this, is that God has been good to us. There's not a single person in our midst this evening who could suggest otherwise God has been good to us. And so this evening, if we were to take the time to do so and maybe go around the room and take some testimonies of of how God has been good to us and what we are thankful for, then I know that you know that there are many, many things that could be listed this evening because God has been good to us in so many different ways. And so tonight, I don't want to labor that thought. I don't want to spend just a, a long time on that. But if I were to say tonight some of what I'm thankful for, I could certainly say that I am thankful for God's faithfulness in my life. God has been faithful. If I wanted to, I could say this, that God has always provided for my every need. I know that that is somewhat interchangeable, but but nonetheless, in different ways, God has always provided and made sure that every need was met. God has blessed with leadership. God has blessed with guidance. There are just so many ways in which I have known the blessings of God, and there are so many ways in which you have known the blessings of God. And this evening, I don't want to be weird. I don't want to sound out of line with what I'm about to say. I I don't think it will sound out of line, but maybe just for sake of, of a disclaimer, I don't want to sound out of line. But if I were to mention one of the things that I am thankful for, I would say tonight that I am thankful for the relationship that I have with Susie. Now, you say, why would you think that is out of line? Because I don't want it to sound like I'm just bragging on her because it's a church setting and and that's the appropriate thing to do. No, I, I can honestly say that on a regular basis, not only do I try to express my gratitude to the Lord for her, But I try to express my gratitude to her for what she is to me. 
She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a pastor's wife. She is a friend. She is so many things to me. And so I try to express the gratitude that I have for her, not only to the Lord, but to her, but for all the things that she contributes to the lives of other people and especially to myself, here is what I am thankful for as it relates to her toward me. That I know she loves me and I know that she cares about me. She loves me and I don't doubt that for a moment and she cares about me and I don't doubt that for a moment. And whenever you know, like I know, that someone in your life loves you and cares about you no matter what, if we were honest, we would have to say this, that's about as good as it gets. To know that there is someone out there, whomever it may be, whether it be your spouse, a longtime friend, whoever it is, For you to be able to say, I know that that person loves me and that person cares about me. That person is always interested in what's going on in my life. For us to have someone like that in our life, again, it doesn't get much better than that. It just doesn't. So as we think about that this evening, I want to just say one more thing and then we're going to get to our text in Matthew chapter 10. But I know that over the course of the last few weeks, we have looked at some portions of Scripture that are maybe a little bit more obscure. Maybe they're not as popular as other portions of Scripture. And at the same time, we have looked at some familiar portions of Scripture. And tonight's portion is one of those familiar texts. It's one of those familiar passages. And I don't want to just bring a message that sounds like a cliché. That's not what I want to do. But at the same time, there are just certain truths that we need to be reminded of, that we need to be aware of. And so tonight you may sit here and you may say, Brother Kyle, I am so familiar with this. Good. We're going to hear it one more time. Because we may need it tonight. Your neighbor beside you may need it tonight. Or as I have said on so many occasions... You may need this in the days to come. And so as you begin looking at Matthew chapter 10, here is what you understand. If, if you were to begin reading through the, the first part of the chapter down through the conclusion of it, you would find that Christ is having a conversation with his disciples because obviously Christ thought it necessary to have this conversation. Okay, so in the first several verses, here's what we see, and I'm just summarizing this to try to save time tonight and not get bogged down in the, in the whole context of it. But here's what you're going to see in, in the opening verses of this chapter, is that Christ is reminding his disciples that in being one of his disciples, it will not always be easy. That as they served the Lord, as they walked with Christ in obedience... It's like Christ was trying to remind them one more time, men, it will not always be an easy process. There are going to be difficult days in your service to me and in your obedience to me. 
He mentioned things like this, that there would be times when people would come against them, that there would be times when they would be falsely accused. There would be times when people who would turn on them would be some of the last people they would expect to turn on them. He is wanting them to know, again, it's not always going to be easy. Now, I know that you know this. This is part of the reminder. This is part of the review. But I want us to hear this because we are living in a culture that wants to sell an easy religion. We are living in a culture that wants to tell you that if you'll just do these things, your life is going to be blessed and you're going to know abundance and you're going to know prosperity. That is the kind of world that we're living in by way of a religious world. And I think it's good for us to be reminded that Christ said from the very beginning that following him will not always be easy. There are going to be difficult and trying days in our service of the Lord. There are going to be days that people attack us. There are going to be days that people falsely accuse us. There are going to be days that people we thought we could count on turn out to be the ones that we cannot count on. There are just going to be difficult, trying times in our Christian life. So for every time that, that, that the world tries to tell us it's just going to be easy, it's just going to be a time of prosperity, and, and your greatest days are ahead of you, whenever we hear nonsense like that, we need to be reminded of the words of Christ that that simply is not true, that serving the Lord is oftentimes very difficult. So that's not very encouraging. I understand, but it's the truth. Find a Bible character who served the Lord and walked in obedience and knew nothing but prosperity. You won't find it from a real Bible. Because it's not true. But in all of this, you know what Christ said more than once to his disciples? He said, fear not. Fear not. When people turn on you, when people falsely accuse you, when, when the days are difficult, when, when life is hard, don't allow yourselves to become fearful. Well, that's a needed message sometimes, isn't it? In the midst of serving the Lord, in the midst of trying to walk with Him in obedience, whenever the doubts and the fears become and, uh, or, or begin to come, when all that is happening, it's good to be reminded that we don't need to be afraid. So as Christ shares that with the disciples, it's a good reminder for us. And as all that is said in the first several verses of this chapter, we make our way down to verse number 29. Again, a very familiar portion of Scripture to most of us, if not all of us. But in verse number 29, here is what Christ said to his disciples. He said, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? Now, we understand in this verse that Christ mentioned sparrows or birds, and, and I think that we know this, that Christ could have put any animal in there that he wanted. He just so happened to choose the sparrows. But here is what he said to them. He said, Are not two sparrows, these two birds, sold for a farthing? Now, I think most of us, if we were honest, we'd have to say farthing is a word that we don't use very often. 
I'm, I'm not walking around throughout my daily life speaking of farthings. And so you may be sitting here saying to yourself, what exactly is a farthing? Well, as I read and as I was reminded of it, here is what the farthing was. It was the smallest amount of currency in their day. All right, so if we were to compare it to our day, it would be like a penny. Fairly obvious because that is the smallest amount of currency that we carry, a one cent piece. And so if we were just going to try to keep things even, here is what we would say is that Christ said to his disciples that two sparrows or two birds, they're sold for one cent. Not a lot of value associated with the birds, right? I mean, if we do the math, just a little bit of simple division, here's what we realize. One bird equals half a penny. That's pretty worthless. That's pretty non-valuable in the eyes of anyone with any understanding of money. So he says to the disciples, are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And then he goes on to say, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. What is Christ saying to the disciples whenever he says that one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father? It just means this, that there is not a bird that falls to the ground without the heavenly father being aware of what's happened in that bird's life. Think about it for just a moment. Again, trying to keep things equal in our day to day. You look at any bird out there, any wild bird, and you say to yourself, okay, that's worth about half a cent. Let me ask you, how much concern are you going to have for that bird? I'm not going to have any concern for the bird. You could place a much larger dollar figure on that, like five cents or ten cents or a quarter, and guess what? I'm still not interested in what happens to that bird. I'm just trying to show us here is a bird and it is completely worthless. It is completely of no value. It has no value associated with it at all. And Christ said to his disciples, you need to know this, that when a bird falls to the ground, though it is worthless, you got to know this, that I'm aware of it. And I am mindful of it. He goes on to say in verse number 30. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, now remember, he's speaking to his disciples, 12 men, right? We don't know what they looked like exactly. We, we have artist renderings of these men, but, but we have no idea what they looked like. They could have been smooth-headed. They could have been bushy-headed. We have no idea what these men look like by way of, uh, of their scalp and their head and what kind of hair they had. But don't you know that had to be kind of an odd statement to hear? The very hairs of your head are all numbered? I mean, like of all the things you would want to keep track of, you want to keep track of how much hair... We have on our head? That just seems like an odd thing for Christ to be communicating to the disciples. But what is he trying to communicate to them? He's trying to communicate to them, hey, hey, listen, I am concerned with what you might consider to be some of the most insignificant details of your life. 
I mean, of all the things that are happening in your life, of all the things that are taking place in your world, the last thing that you're probably worried about is how many hairs you've got in your head. He said, but I want you to know I'm keeping track of that and I'm mindful of that. So just like I know when a bird falls to the ground, though it is worthless, I'm keeping track of the number of hair on your head. And those 12 men sitting there listening to that, I just think if they're normal, they had to be sitting there saying, okay. That seems odd. That seems a little bit out of, out of uh, what we would consider the realm of normal. That seems unusual, but, but okay. So what does Christ go on to say in verse number 31? He says one more time, Fear ye not, therefore. Fear ye not, therefore, for what reason? Ye are of more value than many sparrows. I have loved that line for years. Fear ye not, therefore. Well, well, why do I not need to be afraid? Christ said, because you're way more valuable than a bunch of birds. That's not like totally encouraging. But there is some encouragement in that, right? The the disciples could say, I mean, the disciples could say to themselves, okay, I'm worth more than a lot of birds, and I'm not sure what that exactly means by way of my value, but but here's what I know. He just told me that the birds, two of them are sold for a farthing, and that's about as insignificant as you can be. And Christ said that he is aware whenever they fall to the ground, and he's aware of how many hairs we have on our head. Okay, so so what are the disciples able to conclude? and kind of summarize in their minds, they're they're able to conclude this, that if Christ is keeping up with the worthless sparrow and I am worth more than many sparrows, then I must be on the radar of Christ and Christ must know what's going on in my life. Christ must be aware of what's going on in my life. God must be fully aware of what is taking place in my little world. So here are the disciples, and what are they being told? They're being told, hey, listen, it's not always going to be easy. There are going to be difficult days. There are going to be trying days. There will be days that people turn on you. There will be days that people are working to destroy you. And you you may feel afraid. You may feel alone. You may have many different thoughts going through your head. But do not allow yourselves, listen, do not allow yourselves to be fearful. Because you are worth more than many sparrows. And our Father knows exactly what it is you're going through. He's aware. And He cares. Now this evening, as you think about that, you may say, well, okay, I I have an idea as to where this message is headed. I think I know where you're taking us. And if you do, congratulations, we're still going to go there, okay? We're just going to take a couple of minutes and we're going to develop this because I want us to see this because someone may need this spelled out for them, all right? I, I want us to think about this. The scripture lets us know that we serve an unchanging God. That's, that's a wonderful thing, that we serve an unchanging God. Now, I know that we could spend a long time talking about why that is a wonderful truth from so many different angles, but obviously we're going to try to keep it in light of the context tonight and what it is we're thinking about. I want us to know that our God still is aware 
of every bird that falls to this, to, to this earth or to the ground. Isn't that an amazing thing? I mean, again, I'm just going to repeat what I said a moment ago, but, but I'm not worried about birds. And in fact, I'd be more than happy if a lot of birds just left the scene. Okay? I'm not worried about birds, so therefore, if I see a dead bird on the ground, you know what's true of me? Zero concern whatsoever. I'm not saying to myself, oh man, we lost another one. Babe, babe, stop talking for just a moment. That, that, that's hard for me to process right now. I don't care. You know what? God is mindful of that. Again, he, he could have put any animal into this illustration that he was trying to give. He could have said, are not squirrels sold for basically nothing? And the answer would have been, yeah, that, that's true. And he could have said, you know, I, I, I know when those things die also. I'm just trying to show us, do we realize how in tune God is with what's happening on this earth? Again, if I see some roadkill on the, on the road, I mean, unless I know it's somebody's pet, I don't give it any thought or any consideration. It just, it's not anything that concerns me, but, but you know what? God is fully aware of that. So, so here is a God who is so in tune with what is going on in this world. He knows when the sparrows fall. He knows when a squirrel dies. He knows what's happening in the lives of the most insignificant animals on this earth. And because we serve an unchanging God, it, it just, it, it's mind-boggling to me that God is still keeping track of the number of hairs that we have on our head. You may say, well, that's not a big deal. Let me just throw this out, okay? Research shows, so I'm told, that the average head of hair has about 140,000 hairs. Now multiply that times the billions of people we have on this earth. I mean, doesn't that kind of seem like something you really don't need to keep track of? Some of you don't seem impressed by this at all. I'm just saying, that is how involved God is in the affairs of, the, of, the, of mankind. So you washed your hair this week, and, and you look in the sink, and you're thinking to yourself, uh-oh, I lost more. Just so you know, God took notice of that, and okay, they just lost 37. Don't worry, you, you, you grew three. You know, Lord, we're still going backwards, but anyways. I'm just saying, of all the things that God could care about, he cares about that. So follow this. Since we serve an unchanging God, he is still mindful of the animals which are worthless when they fall to the earth, he is still keeping track of the number of hairs that we have on our head. And every one of us are still worth more 
than many sparrows. So what does that mean? It just means this. That if God knows what is going on in the life of a bird, God knows exactly what is going on in your life right now. He knows exactly what is going on in your life right now. There is not one thing happening in your life right now that he is not perfectly aware of. Whatever fears you may be wrestling with, whatever struggles you may be going through right now, whatever difficulties you may be dealing with, God is fully aware of what you're going through right now. You say there's no way that God could know what is going on in my life. Friends, you're wrong. God knows exactly what is going on in your life right now. So he knows that you may be enjoying a wonderful season of life right now. He knows that, that things may be firing on all cylinders right now and life is good. But if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, man, I just, I'm struggling right now and life is difficult right now and life is hard right now and I'm just struggling in so many different areas, I want you to know that God knows what is going on in your life. Why does he care that much? The answer is simple. Because he loves us. There is only one reason that God would be so mindful of what is happening in my life and in your life and in everyone else's lives There's only one reason that God would be that mindful. And it's because he loves us. Now, trying to tie all this together just very briefly, I want us to think about what I mentioned a few moments ago, that I am thankful for the love of Susie that I know I have. I don't have to question that. I don't have to doubt that. I don't have to wonder if that is so. I know that Susie loves me. Even when she's upset at me, I know she loves me. There is so much comfort to receive from that. Because I said a moment ago, when you know someone loves you and you know someone cares about you, that's about as good as it gets. You remember I said that? Some of you even said amen to that. I want us to to try to tie all this together and realize something. That because God loves you, he cares about you. He is aware of what is going on in this life for you and for me. He has cared from the moment we were conceived when life began. Just go ahead and throw that one in in light of recent circumstances, okay? From the moment 
we were conceived, God loved us, and he began to be mindful of us, every detail of our lives, and we have never once for a moment been off of his radar. Now think about this. Christ said, are ye not of more value than many sparrows? Well, you said that I am. So that means you know everything that's going on in my life. I must have a lot to be thankful for. I really do. I have a lot to be thankful for. Why? Because God cares about what's going on in my life. Because he loves me. You don't know what's going to happen this week, do you? You don't know what's going to happen in your world in the next week any more than I know what's going to happen in my world in the next week. But you know what I can be sure of? God knows. God sees. God cares. Because he loves me, and because of that, I can be thankful. Lord, you value me. Lord, I am of worth to you. And Lord, if everyone else in my life were to forsake me, I still have you in my life. And that is something to be thankful for. So, Lord, in the next week, I may find myself in the midst of a real struggle. I may find myself in the midst of a real battle. I may find myself in the midst of some great uncertainty where, where I'm struggling with doubt and fear. But, but I can go to bed at night and I can wake up in the mornings grateful and thankful that you know what's going on and you care about what's going on in my life. What a blessing. And again, you may sit here and you may say, Brother Kyle, I mean, I'm just, I'm at a good spot right now. Things are good. Things are great. And, and, and I know a lot of people love me and I know a lot of people care about me. That's wonderful. But you know what I have, I have found to be true over the years? That there are times that Satan wants to tell me that, that nobody does care. They don't care what happens to me, and they don't care what happens to me, and this person doesn't care what happens to me. And Satan would love to tell us that God doesn't care. And you know what we can do? We can go back to the very words of Christ, and we can be reminded, Satan, that is a lie. These people may not care about me, but I can know without a doubt that my God loves me, that he cares about me, and he is with me because he values me. And so tonight, if you're going through a difficult time, tonight if Satan has been trying to put this thought in your head that nobody knows and nobody cares, I don't know how true it may be of the people in your life, but I want you to know it is not and will never be true of God in your life. God always knows and he cares. 
And in the next week, in the next month, whatever season of life it may be, whenever Satan tries to tell you, you're all alone, you're trying to do this without the help or the aid of anyone else, we can be reminded it's not true. We serve a faithful God who loves us more than our minds could begin to imagine. He's aware, and he cares, and that is something to be thankful for. Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Father, we are thankful this evening for your awareness of what is happening in our lives. Lord, I know that any one of us could be tested in that area, that that truth, at any moment in the days to come, we could... We could be told by Satan, the deceiver, that we're alone, that nobody cares. God, I pray that you'd help us to be reminded tonight of your concern because of your love for us. And that it's much to be thankful for. God, if there are some tonight who are struggling, I pray that they'd be encouraged. I pray that you'd help us to remember this in the days to come when we would need it. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.